You're listening to episode 73 of Daughters on Fire with Robin Arab and Melissa Burton. In this week's episode, Robin and I are going to talk about family dynamics. Have you ever felt that when you get back together with your family, you revert back to the way you were instead of the grounded, professional, maybe mom or dad that you are today, that somehow you get swept right back into those years of sibling rivalry and pushing back against your parents? Don't worry, it happens to all of us. Those family dynamics are hard to break out of, especially when we get back together with each other, and it's complicated even more with caregiving. So today we're going to talk about those family dynamics and who you've become and how maybe you can blend the two together so you can have the best experience possible on your caregiving journey and with your family dynamics. So stay tuned. Are you stressed, burned out, and looking for answers as you care for an aging parent? If you are, this podcast is for you. Here you will receive actionable advice from seasoned professionals, validation and compassion for the incredibly tough job you are doing, and most importantly, supportive love from a community of like-minded warriors. You're not alone. Join this powerful community as we support you on your complicated journey and help you transform into an empowered and calmer caregiver. Welcome back to Daughters on Fire. Robin, we are wrapping up um, the end of the summer here. And I know we have both been traveling and seeing family and lots of different things going on. So one, how are you? I am well. I've had great vacation time, got to see lots of family and friends. And now I'm settling in to kick off the fall, but um enjoyed my time away. And I think you did too. How about it? Yeah, definitely. We had some really good family time um, with family members hadn't seen in almost two years, which, you know, that's a, it's wild, isn't it? That what, how the last few years has kind of put um, connection on hold, but what it reminded me of, and, and I see this a lot with my clients um, on their caregiving journey. And I think as we were talking about interacting with old friends and family members is that sometimes when you get together, specifically with family members that have been in your life, your whole life, that you, you change, you know, you're not necessarily exactly who you are, or who you want to be in your day to day life, you kind of revert back a lot, and how that can add extra stress to the caregiving journey. And kind of let me explain that a little bit more, um, because I'm not saying that your relationships, family relationships are toxic, or that these are negative or bad behaviors. They're just unevolved behaviors, maybe. They're behaviors from a time and place that you have changed a lot from, yet it's hard to go back to those family dynamics and not revert back to who you were when you were much younger. Does that make any sense, Robin? Yes. Help me out and, here. And as um, we talked a little bit before we jumped on and just thinking about what you said, I think when we are growing up, we're developing, we're changing, we're moving on, and then we become adults, we moved out, out of the house. And now you have your family, but you also have your separate life. And I was thinking about how your family may or may not know what you do professionally, may or may not know what you do on a daily basis. And so when you get back together, 
you're not that identity of a professional in the world or a mom or a grandmother, whatever you, you come back and you're the little girl that lived there or, and you tend to assume those roles that you played as a family member before you moved out. Mm -hmm. So you're so much more than that now, but nobody seems to be very interested in that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All they're interested in is what you are doing, maybe caring for your loved one, what your role is going to be, how it's going to work out. But I do think as we evolve in life, we change. And part of what changes us is our, our own families, how that dynamic is different than the family you grew up in. But it also, the people that you reach out to, the people you connect with, just like Melissa and I, when we talk together, we mainly talk professionally and we're forever analyzing everybody and their brother (laughs) (laughs) but that's just our relationship that's something that if I took it back to my family they wouldn't get and I would Mm -hmm. would guess the same for you Melissa yeah definitely definitely that sometimes we are thrust especially when it comes to caregiving into roles that we might not feel play to our strengths right that's a good way to put that that, um, you know, maybe I feel professionally like I've landed in a place where I am thriving with what I love and where my strengths come together. But like you said, if I tried to go back to my family and sit down and psychoanalyze all of them, like they are some of my clients, that's not going to go over too well. And instead of being the therapist, I have to be the client living out my own life and I have to be a caregiver. So that role as caregiver or as family member may not play to my strengths as would maybe my intentional friendships or my, um, my professional role that I'm very intentional about. It's more a role that I'm forced to play. (laughs) And I like that. I like the way you said that, because you're right. When we go back, we are forced into roles and then thrust upon us is the job of caregiving. And no matter that you are a professional and you know what needs to be done moving forward, you are still my sister, Melissa, or my daughter, Melissa, and you don't know anything. So how do you handle that? Do you step back and you, you be quiet and you monitor it or do you become aggressive and and take over you know it's it's all different choices we have to make but we have to make them because as a family unit you have to work together as a care uh, caregivers mm-hmm. yeah and there's no one right answer there's no one right answer for even an individual it may be in some situations it's very much advised to sit back and not kind of take charge and then maybe in a crisis situation it's you've got to take charge and so it's fluid for even the individual on how do you play out those roles that you don't feel are your strongest role well and I know my husband has often said it as we're talking about family and making decisions and one of the things he defaults to a lot is we have to be careful what we say because we don't want to get blamed for this in the end and I think that is forever on a caregiver's mind of if I make the wrong choice, will my family turn against me? Will they blame me the rest of my life? You hear people talking about, I don't want to have regrets, but somebody has got to make a choice somewhere. 
somebody's got to break the role. Somebody has to come through. Somebody has to take control. But it's just the added stress Mm -hmm. in that role. And I think I'm forever saying about our team, just to your point, Melissa, when we are working with our family, remember their strengths. So if there is somebody who is more financially savvy, then put those folks in charge of the finances and stay out of it. Let them do that. If there's somebody who's medically and somebody who can do the the hands-on, the cooking, try to remember to play to people's strengths. Even if you don't understand them or recognize them, that's the way to build your strongest caregiving team in her family. You know, it's interesting, Robin, because you say, you said really so much, and I had so many like little um, bits to add into that, but you were talking about people that stand back because it's like, well, we get blamed for this. Well, what ends up happening is somebody whose role of caregiver is their strength. They, they do like that. They usually step into that role and then they are in charge And that's where everybody else is like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's not my strength. And if they're going to step in and fill that hole, then hallelujah, let's all like, you know, maybe not even rally around. Let's just like be like, allow them to do it. And then they may even start thinking they enjoy that role. Look at, you know, they thrive in that role. So let's just let them do it. Why do we want to interfere? What the problem is is that what you described as having somebody come in and have people play the strengths and stuff is not necessarily your, your stereotypical caregiver role. That's more of a delegator's role. Somebody who's really good at delegating would be the one that would come in and say, okay, this person do this, this person do this, this person do this. That's not usually somebody who's really good at caregiving. The caregiver well, is the one that one is able to come in and be like, okay, I can take it. I can, it needs to get done. I can do it. Okay. You know, if, okay, you're not going to do it. Fine. I'll get it done. Well, and I think that also then brings up the resentment of, and quickly caregiver burnout for that one person who's in charge. I'm doing it all. Nobody can do it. Or they take that whole thing of, I can do it and nobody can do it as well as I can. So they don't step away. Well, and I, and- I want to, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I think that because I saw this recently with a client scenario, there is a little caveat to that. And it goes like this. And when you said, you know, don't say something or you'll maybe get blamed for the outcome if it's a negative outcome. There's also if, if, if a problem's presented and then somebody's like, well, we could do this, we could do this, we could do this. And then all of a sudden people are like, okay, great. You're, it's yours. Do mm-hmm. it. So if you come up with what feels like a really good idea, then usually you're left implementing that idea. Right. Well, and also in that, I was thinking of, so maybe you were the, the sibling that nobody paid attention to. Maybe you were the one that was sort of pushed in the corner, but now this is your strength. And so now all of a sudden you're this shining star in the family and you know everything and you can do everything and you're going to push, 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 and you're not going to let them take that away from you or tell you that you're wrong. So now you have another whole new dynamic uh, that's foreign to the family because Mm -hmm. they're not used to seeing that person in that role because they were always shy or bashful and sat back and let everybody else do it. And now here they are 
being the delegator and telling you what to do. How dare you tell me that this is my role and I have to do this. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just a, a pot that constantly is getting stirred. Yes, for sure. I mean, the, the dynamics it's, and you know, you want to think that if everybody just put the pieces of the puzzle together, the way you and I advise Robin, it will just be so pretty and it will all just turn out happily ever after. And sometimes it doesn't, you know, that these dynamics are awkward dynamics that cause tension and strife as you're trying, as you're grieving and as you're, um, overwhelmed and you just kind of muddle through and I don't want to make believe that there is some magical formula but I do think if you see what's happening and you can depersonalize it and realize oh okay well so-and-so was really snippy with me and it hurt my feelings but maybe what was going on was that they were stressed and that that it was more about them than it was about me, then maybe I can move on from this easier. And maybe I cannot get stuck in the immerse, emotional turmoil of this caregiving journey. And we can move on easier from these mm-hmm. issues. You have talked often, Melissa, about in the courses about our emotions. And I think family dynamics are so interesting because we do all have different emotions, even though we all grew up with the same two parents, possibly, and that we're just taking the best case scenario, the same two parents in the same household, we are totally different people. And it's interesting to watch that because our emotions get involved and what I might feel is not what my sister would feel and things like that. So I think the key is just like you were saying, we need to talk about these things. Communication we as humans are very bad at communication and we live in our heads a lot and we make up our own scenarios. So just saying, Hey, can I help you do that? Or what you did really bothered me. Can we talk through this? And I know that sounds sort of touchy feely and frou-frou, but it works when everybody's on the same page and everybody listens to each other. And we have the communication among the family. It just makes for a smoother ride. And again, to, to tag on to what you said, Melissa, is that, there isn't a magic solution, but, and there are families that we see that work really well together and they all make it work. And there's families that are a wreck and they have that, they make it through too, you know, regardless it gets done. It just gets done in different ways, Yeah. but to make that journey easier would be to communicate and to realize what you're dealing with. You know, um, I think especially in the last two years of everything everybody's been experiencing, one of the things I have learned is that people usually have better control over their emotions if their emotions are validated. And so I think that, and that's what I see a lot, even in therapy is that they are coming to therapy. And even if the people that they're having the emotions about aren't validating them, the therapeutic environments validating them. So they feel more grounded and then interacting like with those people in their lives, the, you know, potentially the narcissist or the, um, you know, that whoever is in there that is not going to give them validation, but they have received validation that who they are and what they're experiencing is 
is normal and is okay and it is part of their true experience, then they can look at how they act differently. They can find more intentionality with that and um, and be more grounded. So that is something to think about too. If you find that you are, and you can only change you. So don't go, go be suggesting this to some moody person in your family. <laughs> this is only for you, but that you are having difficulty managing your mood or managing a dynamic, then find the space for you to work through that so that you can feel valid, validated and find a way that you can um, feel more empowered with your emotions and not overwhelmed by them. I think that's a terrific wrap up. That sounds great. Catch you all next time. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and ask that you subscribe to this podcast. If you find this podcast helpful, please leave a review so we can reach more women like you. You are not alone on your journey and the fire tribe is here to support you. Check us out at daughtersonfire.com and our Facebook group for more support and resources. Until next time, remember you are the fire that fuels the engine of life.